There's a saying I always say, strong families bring, build strong, uh, strong marriages, build strong families, strong families, build strong communities, strong communities, build strong societies, strong societies make strong cities, strong cities make strong states, strong states make strong nations, strong nations make strong world. If you have a broken world, it's probably because you have broken nations. If you have broken nations, it's probably because you have broken states. If you have broken states, it's probably because you have broken cities. If you have broken cities, it's probably because you have broken societies. If you have broken societies, it's probably because you have broken homes. If you have broken homes, it's probably because you have broken marriages. So if there's one reason, you know, when you look at the socio-political environment that we live in, people always try to put the blame of why the world is broken on so many other reasons. But whenever you bring up this one reason, they tell you, stay out the conversation when you say it's because of broken homes. They say, that's not valid. It's got to be because of this. It's got to be because of this, and this, and that, and that. Broken homes. Broken homes. The tragedy you look throughout society of why the world is the way it is is splitting up of families. You split up families, you destroy a generation. Come on, somebody. And so marriage is something that God, and I'm going to show you this real quick because my time is going. I don't want to take too, too much of your time. Amen. Um, but the title of my message is Relationship Goals. Of course, that's, you know, we say that about everything, you know, there's, there's goals. <laughs> you look online, people say, you know, relationship goals or money goals or this goals. The truth is, it shouldn't even be relationship goals. It should be marriage goals, right? Here's my first point I want to make to you, and we're going to go to scriptures just now. Success is not an overnight process. You must set goals. There's no way I'm going to get from here to that door without taking steps. And whatever you want to happen in your life, your marriage, your, you're a young person, you're single in here, whatever, you have to set goals and set standards. Come on, somebody. Too many people have no standards, no goals, and so anything comes along, anything works, and then when anything ruins your everything, then you want to know why. Because you... You could never, you could never tell that I had a brother in this church, love him, love him to life. Still my brother, uh, everybody knows Brian Molino. That's my guy. Brian Molino, I couldn't stand Brian Molino for a period of my life because he was so into fashion and he knew everything that was fake and real. <laughs> he knew. He would just walk up and come in the room like, uh, uh, uh. he'd be like, what are you doing, Brian? He'd be like, no, it's fake. <laughs> and I used to say, Brian, how do you, you remember that? Like, you know, you couldn't even get away with a little knockoff around Brian. It was like, you, just, you know what I'm saying? And we grew up in the era of the knockoffs. They don't really got a lot around no more, or maybe just Brian ain't around no more. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> but I said to Brian, I said, Brian, how you be knowing? And then he, he, he said, the real, this is how you know the real of whatever it was he was talking about. And he would point out certain things. Well... The reason he's able to always spot the fake was because he understood what the real was. And when you don't understand what you're really looking for, you'll never spot the fake when it comes along. So you got to have goals and standards, and you got to base them on the Word of God. You got to know where your life is going. 
if you don't know where your life is going, anybody that jumps on the boat, you'll let on. But if you know specifically where you go, if I know I'm headed in a certain direction, certain people can't come with me because they're not going in that direction. Success. And so if you're married in this room, you got to set goals. When you get married, like the goal wasn't the wedding. As a matter of fact, a lot of you are rethinking that wedding. You're like, that's a lot of money. For a lot of people, the goal is the wedding. For a lot of women, especially, don't get mad at me, ladies. You know, the big dress, the big this, that, and oh, it's got to be. And men are just like, where do I just show up to get fitted? You know, and but after that, marriage is the only thing, and I always say this, where you, you get the degree and then you take the course. Everything else, you take the course, and then you get the degree. The degree proves you took the course. Marriage, they give you the degree first because they tell you once you take the degree, you don't drop out this class. Complete it. And so there have to be goals to your marriage. And that's one of the things that has kept me and Sister Sherry. It's not just we have, we have a vision for our marriage. We have a vision for our children. We have a vision for our lives. We don't always reach those things, but we continue to go after them so that your life can be moving forward. Amen? Marriage is just not the goal. Amen? Here's, here's the second point. If you don't know what to do, the first thing, the first goal you should have is to educate yourself. If you don't know what relationships is about, buy books. Start reading. Read what the Word of God says about it. You don't know what marriage is about, don't jump into it. Start educating yourself. A lot of people don't read those. But a great book to read, one of the best books, amen, is, um, what is that, The Five Love Languages? Great book. Highly recommended. How many of you read that book? It's a good book because we don't all speak the same language. I know for sure my wife don't receive love the same way. You know, when I first heard the book, I was like, you know, me, I'm a, everybody know, I'm going to check this philosophy out to see where he's biblically wrong. Now, there's nothing in the Bible that says five love languages, but he has a point. People receive information differently. They do. They do. My wife is very different from me. Amen? My wife come and just say, how you doing? All troubles, if me and her arguing, just the, the touch of my shoulder would be like, oh, you love me. <laughs> I, that's me. My wife, on the other hand, you'd be like, share? Ah, okay. <laughs> I just made you sound horrible, right? <laughs> you know, I used to, you know, like me I, I, back in the days, this is how you know. You got to give, like, I, I never understood my wife, you know? Like, I would go buy things I think she would like, but I'm buying things that I like that I think she, that, men, we do that, right? Like, you should like warrior tickets. <laughs> Why wouldn't she want to go see? You know, I remember one time I'd gotten that or something, I'm like, oh, let's go, and she was like, oh, you can take your friends. I'm like, I got this for you. Like, I don't want to go. <laughs> In my mind, it was like, this should mean something. No, it means something to you. 
you got to learn what means to the other person. And a good book that will help you figure that out is that book. But educate yourself. Young people, don't wait until you get married to then know what marriage is. Start reading books now on what God says. Amen? Amen. So if you don't know what to do, educate yourself. Number three, discipline yourself. Goals with discipline can make vision. I've said this before in this church. Come into fruition. Goals without discipline makes vision a fantasy. Unless you become a disciplined person, you'll never have that marriage. You'll never have that home you dream of. When you get married, you want to buy a house, you got to be disciplined. You can't be buying red lobster every weekend and you want a house. Come on, somebody. Somebody got to learn to cook up in that crib. Somebody marriage big mad right now. Unless you balling like, if you balling like that and you made it, do you, man. You know, but the reality is you have to have discipline if you're going to get certain things. There's certain dreams me and my wife got, and we, we sacrifice a lot in wanting a new building. There's a lot we sacrifice. There's a lot we put aside, and people don't understand. They say, man, but the, the thing is, when you want something, you got you to gotta discipline yourself. Amen? And so discipline is the key to bringing things to pass. And I'm moving fast, but I, that's important, right? Listen to what the book of Hebrews chapter 12 verse 11 says. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. How many know that's true? When you hungry and you want to go buy something real, real nice, but you know you should just like, nah, man, go, you know what I'm saying? Go home and just take some fruits and cut that up and chill. Number one, is good for you. Amen. Number two, you ain't going to spend that money at the restaurant. It don't feel good. How many know when it's time to, to lose weight and all that stuff? It don't feel good to, you know, I know some of y'all see me. I'll be in there working out with that lady every day. I'll be going hard. Amen. Don't feel good. Someday I look at her, I'm like, lady, I don't like you today. Discipline don't feel good, but look at what the Bible says. For the moment, it feels painful. You hate it, but later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Come on, somebody. The reason a lot of us are not where we are in life is not because of anybody. It's because of this one word. We're not disciplined. The reason your marriage is probably where it is is because you're probably not disciplined. Or the reason your marriage is successful is because you've been disciplined. Amen. Somebody, there was one of the questions that talked about how do I deal with being tempted outside. Discipline. You can't give in to everything that, hallelujah. There's going to be people, there's going to be things you're going to see that's going to tempt you and try to pull you out. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Y'all know my analogy. One day you're going to go and you're going to be older and. Sally going to come and she going to, no Sally's in here, right? <laughs> and she going to accidentally touch your hand the same time you went to touch the coffee machine. And Sally make you feel young again. You turn and tell Sally, I am old and I shall remain so. <laughs> Discipline. Discipline. You don't always feel like doing something. How many of you felt like, you know... How many feel like going to work tomorrow? 
Not one person raised their hand in this room. How many of you excited to just, amen, all right, I get it. You know, you don't even, even the things of God requires discipline. People want to experience spiritual growth. Spiritual growth takes discipline too. I'm sorry, I'm sorry for all the people that has been raised either super word of faith, no knock to that, or super charismatic, no knock to that. Some of us, we just don't understand there's a balance. You just can't speak everything into existence. Some things you're going to have to work. And you just can't, oh, I feel the spirit moving it. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. You don't believe me? Go to the mortgage guy and tell him that. When you go to the mortgage guy and, you, and he tell you, yo, you are out of control in your spending. There's no way you can get a house. You tell him, uh-uh, I speak it into existence. See what he tell you? He said, I speak you out of here. No, it don't work like that. You don't feel like it. Marriages work, y'all. Come on, tell your neighbor, marriages work. And the things that are maintaining a good marriage, you must keep doing them. One of those things is making sure you are in a church that you are growing, that your family is connected to. And that takes work. Because people don't like to come to church. People like to come, hear a good word, and bounce. They don't want to fellowship. They don't want to build. They don't want to do anything else. Well, you're building with somebody else. That's for sure. All right? Anyway, I'm moving, moving fast, moving fast. How to pick a spouse. Number one, they should be saved. Now, I got to be careful there because saved... Because in my experience, I grew up in church, and everybody say, do not be unequally yoked. But as a pastor, it's amazing what church people do to other people in relationships. That you would think, man, at no point there was a Jesus in you. So even church folks, you got to vet, but you stand a better chance when you know this person Loves the Lord. Amen. And you want to make sure that is there. That's biblical too. Amen. The Bible talks about that. Moving right along. Look at this. Look at this. Um, the Bible says in Genesis 24, verse 3, uh, this is what, uh, uh, what's his name was uh, saying when he wanted to choose a wife for his son. He said that I may make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell. Right. This was important to uh, Abraham uh, uh, choosing for for his son, Isaac. He said, don't take one of the Canaanite woman at all because he knows if this kid is going to live out the promises of God. He can't be attached to the people who ain't attached to the promises of God. Come on, somebody. Amen. And that's one of the ways in which they chose. You look biblically, that's the, the and, and even when Mary, the Bible says the thing about Mary is that she was espoused to a man who was righteous and didn't want to put her away and embarrass her. 
So even though they didn't have a dating system, these parents who were godly looked for godly people to attach their children to. Today, it's the same thing we should do. Look for people who love the Lord. Amen. Here's the second thing. In choosing a spouse, applications are not enough. Check the resume. Some people date whoever apply. Some people are married to whoever applied. Now you want to fire them. Applications are not enough. Check the resume. There's a reason companies ask for resume. You know, people be like, you know, I want a job that pays at least minimum 80000 a year. That's what we want? What we want? Oh, y'all, excuse me, New Yorkers. New York expensive. We ain't taking nothing less than 100000 What else we want on this job? What, what kind? What kind of benefits y'all want? Y'all want full medical? Full medical. Like you want to fix everything. Invisalign. Everything. Y'all want all of that. I want the full package, whitening every week. You come in here, glistening. You smile. Woo! Great dental plan. What else y'all want? Paid vacation. How many of you would like a paid vacation? You like a paid vacation? Paid vacation. What else? What else? Free food on the job. All of that. All right. Employee discounts. Wow, what a, this is interesting. Four, four days work week. Okay, we want less than the amount of time we work. We want all of this with less time. What else we want? Good pension. All right, that's a lot. That's a lot you want. Let's see your resume. Because you want Invisalign. <laughs> Let's see if you at least went four years college for this Invisalign. It sees here you got fired from Popeyes. Invisalign, huh? <laughs> Y'all ain't gonna say nothing. It's very practical. Last week was spiritual. We were shouting for Gideon. This week is like, oh. Yeah, fired from Popeyes. In other words, the application will reveal, the application is you just signed up for the job, but the resume will reveal if you qualified. And we don't check the resume on the people we hook up with. You'd have known they had bad credit. <laughs> oh, you don't think their credit score affects you? There ain't a company that's going to get that man or woman alone if they credit bad. You're going to go attach yourself to them and then be mad when they buy sneakers every week. But everybody else who looked at the credit score knew that. You didn't because you was in love. <laughs> and love... It take a lot more to build a marriage than that butterfly feeling. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. That butterfly feeling go first week. You know that butterfly feeling, you know, when you're when you in love? Y'all too lying. 
Amen. You're telling truth, telling truth. All right, sorry, 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 sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. All right. Here's another, uh, look, look at what the Bible says. The Bible, check the resume. Look at this. Proverbs 18.22, he who finds a wife. He who finds a what? That means she's got the qualities before. Amen, somebody. Don't look for a wife if you ain't a husband. You going to tag me? Hold on. This, I look good here? Y'all make a lot of noise after I say it. It's going to go on somebody's Instagram. Don't look for a wife if you ain't a husband. That wooing, that ain't the right effect. It's going to sound. Post that up for me, though. Number four, number four, number four. You want to get married? Huh? All right, you come back next year. A matter of fact, sow two million into the new building. I read the whole Bible for you. I'm joking. You're calling out now. Let me see your resume. Nah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't help myself. I can't. I'm bad. I'm pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for me. I'm sorry. 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 My time. My time. I read all of it. But check this out, y'all. That was bad? All right, I feel like I got to read it now. <laughs> he who finds a wife, <laughs> finds what is good, and receives favor from the Lord. Was it more powerful that I read it? Because it was on there. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Please forgive me. I don't know if that came across. Oh, Lord. I just want to go. <laughs> okay. Okay. Number four, take care of yourself. Look at this. Ruth 3.3. 3. Therefore, right, and go and anoint yourself and put on your cloak and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he is finished eating and drinking. The mother-in-law here said, wash, put on perfume, get dressed in your best clothes. A lot of people want to get married and they don't take care of themselves. You are the merchandise. A lot of young men, you know, you just don't take care of yourself. My time is gone. I'm not going to stay there. But you got to take care of yourself. You can't demand something that you're not. Come on, somebody. Number five, pray. Praying before you move on anything else, make sure God is guiding you. Somebody said it like this. Pray now and have fun later or have fun now and pray a lot later. Number six, stay pure. Stay pure. I don't care what the culture says. Fornication is still a sin. Adultery is still a sin. See, they distract y'all with all the other perverted sexual stuff that we don't even think 
Foreign, we like fornication is small compared to the world. We ain't comparing it to the world. We compare it to the Bible. It's wrong. So a lot of times we talk about all the perverted stuff that the world do, while the church, fornication is, is normal in churches. Normal. People come to church and half of their worship is, Lord, forgive me. Stay pure. Discipline yourself. You want to see God move in your life. Amen. And let me tell you something. When you, when you rush that before marriage, you'll ruin anything God is trying to do. I've seen that story so many times. My time is, is, is gone here. Amen. I won't be able to finish all of this. <laughs> all the ladies in here are like, we don't want to watch that game later. Take your time. I don't even know why y'all like that. First Corinthians 13 said love is patient. And it goes on and says a lot of other things. Lust is not patient. Lust is not kind. Lust just wants what it wants. Right now. Don't trick yourself into feeling that, that lustful feeling is love. Don't listen to them R&B songs. Amen. They are lying. Amen. Love is not an R&B song. Well, that's a shirt. <laughs> Number seven, listen to this, y'all. Do, do you think you have a biblical marriage or a relationship right now? That's something for you to think about. If you're in this room right now, do you think that you are having the marriage that you are having is a biblical one? Say, what do you mean? Are you applying the principles of the Bible in your marriage? Because if you do, you'll see the fruits of it. In your relationship right now, are you doing what's biblical? Now, if you're married in this room and you realize, man, we don't seek God in this marriage. We don't pray. We don't go to church. We don't, we don't have no vision. We, we lie. We scream. There's no patience. There is no empathy for one another that God is not at all in this marriage right now. You want to change that right away. If you are currently in a relationship and everything in it is ungodly, I would strongly ask you why you either you change that or get out of that. Amen. That's something for you to seriously ask yourself. Is my marriage being biblically based right now? I'm done here, y'all. God said, Genesis 2.23, This is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. You can tell cats is old school, woman. We do not call them woman. For she was taken out of man. Look at verse 24. That is why a boy. Too many boys getting married. 
You want to get married, you got to be a man, bro. Come on, somebody. This is why a man that speaks of maturity, growth, and he is ready to do what? Leave his father and mother. So watch this. This is how it's supposed to be. It's not. It's broken. But that man, he has a model. Father and mother. So this man who grew up seeing that, understand that I'm leaving this to go build this. And when this is not present, what's he going to go build if there's nobody there to teach him? Every teacher in a New York City public school would know what I'm talking about. If you've ever taught, you know what broken homes is doing to our system. And if you say you don't see that, you are not. God bless you. A mature man raised under strong leadership. Reaches to the stage that he is able to do what his father did. Leaves. And is united or, or, or joined together with his. Notice how the Bible is consistent. Going back to my sister's point. With marrying a, 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 he who finds a, a wife. He's united with his. A mature woman. And they become. One flip. Now, now, now. Don't overlook that word become. It is a process. So the wedding is not the goal. This might take the rest of your life. But it takes work. Y'all with me? Watch this now. Jump to the book of Ephesians, and I'm done. I promise you this. 521. And I just want to show you something that's interesting. Interesting. Blame the guys in the game. They didn't know their wife well enough. We would have had more time. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Go on. Wives, submit yourselves to your... Come on. Come on. Don't be listening to nobody else. To your own husband as you do to the. Come on, ladies. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything now watch this part because what she's submitting to is very important now and I thought of this and I'm closing here I said to myself relationship goals all right God I need me a crazy biblical marriage that I'm gonna be able to highlight to show what we call relationship Goals. So I'm looking, right? And I see Adam and Eve. 
And them jokers fell. Like, he started blaming her. Like, he sounded like every marriage. When they fell, what would he do? He turned, he said, the woman you gave me, she made me eat. And they should have named me as the serpent. Basically, they both were saying, it's your fault, God. We messed up. No personal responsibility. I said, ah, that ain't marriage goals. I, I went on to Abraham. I said, Abraham, that's the father of the faith. That's my man right there. Married to Sarah. And that wasn't it. That, real quick, that, that wasn't it. Real quick. I said, all right, let's move on to his kids, Isaac. That one ain't go too well either. And then Jacob and Rachel and Leah. That ain't, that ain't relationship goals. And as I'm going down, I said, all right, I got I to gotta get to King David. Wow. There is a strong rejection for David as a marriage. <laughs> to David? And I'm going on and on and I'm like, is there a scripture that Christ says this is what your relationship goals ought to be like? And the only one I found is right here. Husbands, love your wives. Justice. The only example of a marriage that is amazing is between Christ and his bride. He says, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Now, some of you saying, oh, it's a reach. But then I read on. Look at what the rest of the scripture says. To make her holy. Cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. And to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Brother Trav just put his hands on his wife. His wife looked over like, when church touching me. <laughs> Like Christ loved the church, love your wife like it's your own. He who loves his wife loves himself. Look at this. I'll go on. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed it. Take care of their body just as Christ does. So you see what type of man God is asking this woman to voluntarily submit to? So check the resume to see if this is a man who's going to, Sherry, I feed you, don't I? Come on. Hallelujah. Check to see if this is a man who will, I call my wife at times and she say, what is it? I said, I just call to tell you that I need you. You know, she's on the other line. 
He said, I don't want nothing. I just think about you and I just think about how much you mean to me and how much of a gift you are to me and I cherish you. What is it that you want? I'll go get it. I'll climb the highest mountain. I'll swim the deepest sea. I'll shoot down any balloon flying over. Because it seems like balloons are just flying over our nation. promise you I'm done. I see people, people got to leave. All right. All right. All right. But, but here's the scripture I want to get to. For we are members of his body. Go on. What's that doing there? How did that get there? For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united. Wait, you're just talking about Christ. And then I start to think about the son leaving his father. To come get his bride. the two that's why nobody could snatch us out of his hands when you are joined to Christ you are his oh boy I know y'all gotta go watch your Super Bowl and you got to but if you ever really want to know what marriage is all about look to no other man but to Jesus oh, who Came to get his bride. Look at this. And the two. This, Paul said, is a profound mystery. But I'm talking about not no man or woman. I am talking about Christ and the church. There's a love there. that while the church was nothing to him there was nothing in it for God to save us what can you give to somebody who has everything we are taught to love based on what we can get so if this person can give me something I love them but the minute they can't I'm leaving and that's why you hear all these reasons people get divorced. Irreconcilable differences. We've grown apart. All they're saying is, they don't do it for me no more. And while we were nothing to him, he showed us what true love is. It's not what you can give me. It's if I don't love you, where will that leave you? And he died for us. Come on, somebody. He's a good God. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. I thank you for your time, y'all.
Bow your heads and close your eyes. God, I just pray, Lord God, that as this week people talk about love and marriage, people in this room will run home and fight for their marriage. Run home and fight for their relationships. God, in the name of Jesus, I pray for broken homes. I pray, God, Lord Jesus, for those in relationships right now that are abusive and toxic and all my single people in here that might be in something that they know that relationship is not a godly, biblical-based one. Give them the strength and courage to reverse course, Father, and figure out what they need to do to either change or to break off altogether in some cases. And Lord, for those that are married, God, I pray that the Holy Spirit would come into their marriage today and they would begin to apply your word in their marriage. For every husband in this room, may, and every young person too that's not married, every young man, may they have a desire that when they do decide to get married, and for those who are married, that they would love like Christ's love. And Lord, may every female, every wife in this room be like the church to constantly want to be transformed and changed and become what you want them to be. And Father, I just pray that you would cause every marriage and church city to work. We pray this because we know this is your heart. Let marriages work in this house. And I just pray, God, that you would have your way and help us to continue to look to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. My time is far gone. Sister Sherry, come here real quick. Rich Dolphin, come real quick. Come real quick. I want to show you something, and I'm done. Stand over there, Sherry. Rich, stand in the middle. I want to show you something that's going to help you. Move back a little bit, Rich. Sister Sherry, step forward. Me and Sister Sherry's married. We're apart. Rich is standing in the place, and he is representing God. Most people are trying to figure out how can we become close and make this work and not have God in it. But I want to show you something simple that happens. Let's both try to get close to God. What's happening as we get close to God? Thank you, Rich. That is the key to making it work. For 20 years, it's been working because our eyes are on God. And I want to encourage you to do the same. We're done today. Give God a round of applause. Real quick, in two weeks from now, I'm bringing a guest speaker. I want everybody to come. 
He's, uh, 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 he's from Long Island, someone who uh, has been a tremendous blessing to my life. Him and his wife will be here, so I want y'all to pack the building on, on Sunday the 26th. Not only are they coming to minister to us, but they have presented an opportunity in 2024 to take whoever... Now, it's, it's not going to be free. Let me just preface it by that. But they're opening the door for us to do a missions trip into Africa. And so if you want to go to Africa and you are interested in that, you're going to hear more information. And so they're going to come. He's probably going to share a lot of his stories of how the Lord has used them over there. And just some of the stories that they already shared blessed our hearts and they will be here. Make uh, plans to be in that service. Amen. And make plans to join us during the week. If you'd like a tithing envelope, our ushers are standing by. And while they are coming around and they're going to give you uh, a tithing envelope, I want to encourage you to continue to give. Amen. And um, we have already, those that, are, those that say, I want to uh, give to the building fund, and I know my time is far spent. Separate from your offering, we're going to, you know, I promise you, I promise you, we're going to take time to do this right. Amen. But those of you that have been pledging, you, you were on Bible study on Tuesday, and you heard me talk about it, saying that a certain amount of people have already given a certain amount. And, uh, but we need more people who will say, hey, Pastor, this is what I pledge apart from my tithes and offering to give to that. You can... Go ahead and do that. Make sure you write it on that. Or if you send it um, uh, digitally, make sure you put that in there. And everyone who continues to tithe and give to the house of the Lord, we just want to thank you for your faithful giving. Amen. And so at this time, we're going to collect up today's tithes and offering. And uh, I want to encourage you to be givers. You don't, like I said, you don't mess. Two things you don't mess with. You don't mess with church people. Food. And you don't mess with their money. But, but I want you to become faithful givers. Amen, somebody. Amen. I don't care what famous preacher tell you, you don't got to give or what favorite YouTuber you watch. It is blessed to give than to receive, and the house of the Lord should never lack. Come on, somebody. We should always have. So I want you to be givers. Learn how to give. And so at this time, I want you, if you're giving digitally, give. If you're giving conventionally, the ushers are moving around and they'll collect your offering. But let's pray at this time. Father, I pray that you would bless each and every person in this room financially. And uh, uh, thank you for all the faithfulness of your people in giving into the church. Continue, Lord, to bless them. Continue, Lord, to pour into their life. And in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, I, I just thank you for the release in heaven. I thank you that everything we're believing you for, uh, this, this new project that we want, God, these new things that we got, Lord, that we desire to accomplish, you're going to bring every finance. Come on, somebody. We believe that you're going to open a door, Father. We believe that you're going to do that in Jesus' mighty name. Today, God, I also remember those that are sick in body. I pray, Lord Jesus, for our good friend, Dr. Nixon. I pray for Azim's mother. I pray, Lord Jesus, for my, my, my sister, Nadine. I pray for everyone else, God, that uh, need a touch from you. I pray for family members that are sick in body that we believe in you for. I lift them up before you, and I pray for healing in the name of Jesus and I give you praise let's all stand together today y'all God we give you praise we give you glory 
We thank you that this week is going to be a blessed week. We thank you that this week your spirit will go before us and it will keep us, God. Lord Jesus, I pray, Father, that as we leave this place, but never your presence, go before us and take us home safe. In Jesus' name, I pray. Let us enjoy the rest of this day in whatever way we're going to spend it, Lord. Let your presence and your peace be with us. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. In the midst of crisis, we are focused on who Christ is. God bless you today, Church City. Enjoy. Oh, I got one more, one more. How could I forget this? The Wall of Hope, those of you who are familiar with it, it is back. It is in the back. It is